evening, folks, and welcome to the latest installment of our deep dive review series, The Fandalorian. We'll be diving in on the latest season of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, with all the Easter eggs and lore connections you've come to know and love from us. Uh, <laughs> as always, we have our team of Beardalorians, though. We've got Wes R. Scott. Hey, hey. And out in Halifax, Mr. Hank McLaughlin. What's going on, fellows? Too much. Uh, do we have any uh, opening thoughts on this season three kickoff? The season three kickoff. Uh, it kicked like uh, the opening of the Super Bowl. And uh, they went deep and uh, <laughs> they ran. They went all the way. For me, it's a touchdown. I I quite like this. Yeah. Uh, they have missed a beat. Like, yeah, really good stuff. I, I you know, I don't know what the Internet's problem is. <laughs> <laughs> so much uh, unwarranted criticism. Putting uh, Putting the season premiere, or I shouldn't say that. Putting the return of the Mandalorian up against shows like Andor and the Bad Batch are unfair comparisons because they are different. They animal. are different flavors. Come on, yeah, yeah. fan fan of our show, uh, a buddy, uh, you know, buddy of ours. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to say any names, but he he thought the acting was horrendous. He was like, "What? It was awful." And I, really, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I don't get that. Star Wars was never going to be high art in the acting category. No, but. no, no. It it holds. I mean, these shows are so t they are tonally different from each other. So the only comparison that I make to The Mandalorian really is The Mandalorian. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and by that comparison, I feel that the premiere stands as as uh, as as good as any of the regular season episodes. Oh sure, yeah, excellent. Happy to see everybody back. I'm happy. I think the 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 big thing for me, and I think it's a big question for everybody going to going into it, was how uh, how was the the writers and the producers going to address the absence of Cara Dune? Right, and I think they did that uh, just fine in story. She's out there. She's doing her thing, and I'm 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 happy with that. Yeah, I'm okay with yeah, that. They can continue to sell uh, her likeness as an action figure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they'll uh, figure out a way to get to that Rangers of the New Republic thing. Oh maybe. man, it could be done in literature, and there's no, there's no. Uh, That's we don't true. Have to worry about likeness rights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, one other thing that did come out this week, though, before we go, oh sure, too far into it, uh, John Favreau did state that Grogu had been training with Luke for two years. See now, before returning to Mando in the book of Boba Fett, I had no concept that that was even a thing until you guys had sent it over in our private yeah. chat. And I'm like, what the way what? it's what worded, do you mean? the way it's worded though. I, I, I think it could also be interpreted as he's, it's been two years since Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. 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 The way it's read it's, is kind of like, what's that Ezra? Yeah. No, we'll get, we'll get to the whales. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Look at look at Luke uh, training with Yoda or with Obi Wan. We're talking like his training is just a matter of uh, it could be measured in days. And you're telling me now that Grogu spent two years with Luke Skywalker, and he only got to the point where you can choose the shirt or you can choose the lightsaber. Day one, before Luke ever had any inkling of what Jedi training was. Hey, want your dad's laser sword? Uh, like come on yeah and also like 
Grogu spent time at the temple before Luke Skywalker. He was already able to levitate a mud horn. Correct. Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so the question is between the attack on the temple and when we find him in season one. Yep. Like, had he forgotten the training by that point? I think there was some discussion about that in our previous uh, episodes about did Grogu forcibly cut himself off in the same way that uh, both Luke and now Obi-Wan have done. Yeah. In order um, to hide as a survival mechanism. Yeah. Mm. It it wasn't clear to me for a minute. Did, were we implying that Grogu spent two years with Luke continuously because you don't get that impression between the events of the season two of the Mandalorian and then the book of Boba Fett. So I'm like, wait, wait, are they trying to tell me that he went to Luke went back to Mando, did what happened in the book of Boba Fett, and then went back to Luke for more training? Like, that didn't make sense to me. No. There's just, like, he went to Luke, did the two years, and then showed back up for book of Boba Fett, and that's where we find ourselves post here. And see, and I interpreted it as he spent some time with Luke, and we're picking up with two years later. From the events of book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So he's so that is Grogu entirely possible as well. Years. Yeah. yeah. And he only had a couple of weeks training with Luke. So now we're now what we're saying between the three of us is that it could be two years later or it could be four years later. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, I, I think it's actually nine, uh, nine years after Return of the Jedi. That's my opinion, because okay. he says two years had passed during the first and second season yep. and yep. an additional two years have passed in whichever fashion mm, to the beginning yep. of this. So for we're now nine uh, yeah, because uh, at the start of the Mandalorian, after the Battle of Andor, post Andor, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What so, were we before? We were ten, five years after Return of the five Jedi. Five ABY. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, five after Return of the Jedi. So yeah. So uh, uh, would be uh, th- uh, three, four, eight ABY. Yeah, eight, eight ABY. So now we're an additional four years. We're twelve ABY. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, yeah. That's what I'd say. So yeah. ten to twelve ABY. We have our Basically, first comment already. <laughs> what do we got here? Uh, Doug says it is different now that we have more exposure uh, without the helmet on. It's true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's part of what we're building towards is the, uh, his recompense for that transgression. On the nose. That, yeah. I mean, that's what he says he's going for. I actually found that if anything, I actually found that to be a little bit out of like, why are we repeating things for the sake of like, it felt like we were repeating that for the sake of repeating that. So we that occurred in the book that. of Boba Fett though. Yeah. So, just and I bet you all lo- see, so. this I was, a, this so. was a, like coming up to this. I read a lot of articles that were saying, Hey, if your friends watch the Mandalorian, but they don't watch book of Boba Fett, make sure right. you remind them that two episodes, <laughs> right, right. And season not three that. and the season finale. So three episodes of the Mandalorian take place in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you know how I feel about that. I mean, I I was always okay with the Book of Boba Fett as its own show, and any of the criticisms leveled against it, I think, are more palatable when you think about it as it's the Mandalorian, full colon the yeah. Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, as they said, the show will evolve, and at some point, it won't look the same anymore. And as I've said before, right now it's the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. We we could have several iterations. It could be the Mandalorian the book of Bo-Katan, the Mandalorian, the book of Sabine Wren and uh, so on and so oh, forth. chapters in a, yeah, right. A huge tome of, of whatever's going on. Well, maybe we'll, uh, 
maybe we'll Robert Jordan this thing. And uh, <laughs> comic book nerds don't get it yeah, shook. You can have 90 Star Wars titles right. and they're all telling yeah. the same story. That's right. Yeah. Right. Different uh, points of view. But before we go any further, uh, I think it's time for. Oh another my gosh. Oh my Who gosh. About? Who let that guy in here? Bad Star Wars jokes. So, so this one is seasoned for our premiere here. Why can't you beat the Mandalorian in a race? Ooh. Why can't you beat the Mandalorian in a race? I don't know. Because I don't know the way. Because he has the best car. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. The best car. There you wow. go. It's the night of a thousand tears. <laughs> Guys, if you're uh, just tuning in now, this is our uh, second drop on uh, Double Feature Sunday. Uh, if you missed us earlier, Earlier today, we uh, we dug deep on uh, the 11th episode of Season 2 of Star Wars The Bad Batch. So if you haven't uh, caught up on that, do take some time after this to go over and uh, have a watch of that. We'd love to hear your comments on that if you guys are following along with uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. so, so since we did a double drop for show, should we do a double drop of jokes? You got another one? Oh. I do got another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for it. Punch it, Chewie. Did, did you hear that Pedro Pascal was injured on The Mandalorian? Oh. No, I did not. He hurt his back carrying the whole franchise. Ah, nice. 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 That's a double. Uh, nice. You get two of those. You get two nice. for that one. <laughs> so with you, that could, you could review. insert Filoni or Favreau. Um, True. As mm -hmm. necessary on that one, too. Mm -hmm. yep. Diego Luna. <laughs> <laughs> Shall That's we awesome. uh, jump into tonight's episode? Absolutely, we should. All right. There we go. Love the new titles, by the way. Um, uh, a big shout out to Andy for uh, doing up some new titles for us for this uh, current season. Sorry, look, look for that over on the uh, on the uh, Phantom Power merch shop. Yeah, you oh, can get the classic beautiful. or the new one. Uh, so the season three opener is titled Chapter 17, The Apostate. Uh, it originally aired Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Has a listed runtime of 38 minutes, but it comes out at 32 minutes and 30 seconds without the titles and credits. This one is directed by Rick Famuyiwa, and it is written by John Favreau himself. Johnny the man. The synopsis reads, The Mandalorian begins an important journey. And important it is. It is very important. So uh, we open our episode with a brief recap from seasons one and two. And then we get the familiar flashing lights across the assortment of helmets and droids that we've seen before, but this mm. time it lands on Din Djarin. I also liked in this uh, sequence that we did not get the usual musical cue. That yeah, the doo -doo 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 -doo. They yeah. did away with that. Yeah, all the while we're hearing the sounds of hammering. And oh, forging. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. And as the uh, Star Wars logo flashes, a thickly gloved hand comes into frame and it's pouring a liquid from a small silver vial. And the solution causes like a green vaporous shimmer to spread across yeah. the liquid in the basin. And we see a silver clad mythosaur skull hanging on the wall above a blazing cryo furnace. Now she did this before. Did she not with the, uh, the, the vial of whatever that is. I, believe yeah, she she I think yeah. she did every time she's made yeah. something be really interesting to know. What is that? Yeah. Is it just something to temper it? I don't know. I don't know. A figure comes on to screen and we see a uh, round metal disc thrust into the flames. And as it heats, the figure lifts the metal to inspect it. And we come to see that it is the armorer and she takes the blank and sets it on a concave anvil and begins to strike the heated metal, shaping it with each blow. And with each blow sparks are flying like crazy. 
So you know how you had the beef with the flashlight holds? I did. I swing a lot of hammers, man. She's she needs to get that hammer down near the end of that hammer. She's halfway up on that sucker. You're that's right. She's not getting any swing on that. Lauren was like, that's probably a five pound hammer in real life. And she's just an actress. And I'm like, okay, maybe you have a point. But the armor, she continues to hammer and uh, the heat of metal is, gets hammered into a round dome-like structure. Later, she quenches a perfectly rounded cup shape in an oil bath and using a plasma cutter, she cuts out a sliver on another piece of metal. Then using the soldering iron, she spot welds components on a circuit board. I like that this ver this time around. Now we've seen her at the forge. What? This is the third time, fourth time. Yeah, we've seen yeah, her at the so, forge. Yeah. I like that there's an evolution here that it can't all be like ancient hammers and anvils and tongs and planishing uh, thing that there's have, actual like like technology. modern technological integrated. Into yeah, 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 yeah. I have a question though. Like, if, if sure. a plasma torch can just cut through Beskar well, like that, why why isn't that a weapon? <laughs> I I I I had the same thought. I'm like, there's got to be, be after it's dunked in the juice at the end. Like the whole Maybe. helmet gets dunked in that magical and that juice kind spot. of the magic. Then then it completely you know negating the value. Of Maybe it, that's uh, well, it activates the the the. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. At the same time, is it Beskar? I was going the other way. Oh, oh you are absolutely right. That's awesome, actually. That's and so true. That's really, awesome. Are you going to yeah, give like a training one in full? Well, I mean, we see it value. through. We've seen it with uh, with Dinjarn, and we we see it again in this episode that the 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 salt and pepper armor, where some yeah. of it's uh, maybe borrowed from a stormtrooper or yeah, other. I, yeah. I, I, when we get to that scene, I have a theory about a lot of. Oh, those. sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, you had pointed this one out to us. I did. Yeah, uh, the circuit board that she's adding is actually pieces from the C-Lab model kit. Yeah. The United States Navy C-Lab three model kit. Um, this kind of goes back into, you guys know, I'm a huge Mythbusters fan. I, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Adam Savage's uh, um, tested channel. You know that they were making their own when they ran out of model parts, they were making their own. They were, they were yeah. mold uh, casting them and then, and pouring their own molds. When ILM went hundred percent digital, they scanned all those pieces in. Ooh. So, I mean, I doubt that these are actual C lab parts. They're probably 3D printed from the yeah. digital files that they Why? would have scanned back in the I 90s. Their uh, origins run deep. Absolutely. We're talking about a model kit that came out in the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Wait. earlier than that. Yeah. We've got a couple more comments coming here. Uh, TJC says, Good evening, Jeff. Hello. How are things tonight in the UK? I hope the weather's good over there. Mm. Uh, Red Swenson also chimes in here. Uh, happy birthday, Red. I hope you got our uh, message there, your birthday uh, greeting for on our Patreon. Maybe Beskar helmet's probably not Beskar. I, yeah, I mean, you're going to outgrow it, right? I mean, do you you're, buy yes, do, you, do you buy the expensive Air Jordans for the baby, or do you wait? It until, depends how rich your parents are. I, I guess. guess so. That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. I never so, had anything like what, that. We're actually, what you said earlier ties perfectly into what I'll, I'll say when we get to the beach. Yeah, sure. All right. Continuing her work, though, she attaches the circuit board to the side of the construct and she coats the dome with a blue paint. And turning away from the forge, she reveals a new Mandalorian helmet. That she does. Drums begin to beat as she strides outside of the cave and she's followed by a procession, including banners, uh, one for Clan Vizsla and one bearing the Mythosaur. I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't sure if you'd caught that that mm -hmm. uh, the clan Vizsla uh, flag there yeah, yeah the so cherry blossom if, uh, yeah if they've maybe like 
it ties uh, into something that I heard. Plans, I heard maybe? something about this. Uh, there's this there's this rumor floating around that um, the young fellow that's about to be helmeted is a Vizsla. Hmm. So and, yeah, so I get that impression just based on a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the way. Get down. Yeah. Yeah. True. Is he now? Is this kid? I mean, he's clearly the palette is identical. The palette is identical yeah. to pre Vizsla's mask. Like, um, is this another foundling? Maybe. That being said, the rumor says that uh, there may be a little foundling to foundling action this season. Mm. Right. Uh, so this guy, this, if this is his adopted child, like yeah. if yeah. it's Vizsla's foundling, then he's legitimate heir to the throne. If yeah. he could take the sword from Grogu. Ooh. That's right. I think we're heading into some cool stuff, actually. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So uh, outside of the cave, we do find... Uh, many mandalorians gathered together forming two sides and again this two years thing because a significant amount of time must have passed because last time we saw the armor it was just her and paz vizsla alone yeah so they've rebuilt the covert yeah here there's Mm -hmm. dozens of them yeah and there's different levels to them too so there's a couple shots that you can get of like the the whole beach and uh, very few of them have uh, have jetpacks, suggesting yeah. that they haven't even. Because when we we meet Dinjarin, he doesn't even have hit. He hasn't graduated to backpack no, status yet. No. So you know, there's like various stages. Like you said, Wes, there's a couple guys that look like they're wearing stormtrooper pauldrons. So yeah, like stormtrooper yeah. pauldrons. And so I think that there's, you know, I th- I really think they're baptizing almost anybody. I, I think they're just snapping up. Yeah, right. Anything so we they, can do to rebuild. And and that and that's indicative because uh, again a, a friend of our of the show had said, uh, oh wow like he really thought the scene was inferiorly put together like he said like the cardboard sure. helmets that I can make are better looking than these ones and I said but I think that's indicative of the fact that these are so hodgepodge. Maybe, and like yeah. you say now, Andy, when you say that, that's probably not Beskar. That makes perfect sense. It could just be plain old Durasteel. Just yeah. cracking hel- like, tin helmets off just to swell the ranks. They're not yeah. on Mandalore. Yeah. They don't have access to yeah. Beskar mines. It's like six backpacks tops there. Yeah. Red so Swanson says, uh, Foundling, I think the kid's mother swings a hammer. It's been a long time gathering the covert. I appreciate the humor in that comment. Now, I don't know how serious you are with that, but I don't buy that simply because of her spiritual leadership position yeah yeah and i i don't know if you guys thought this but i thought that this was a flashback scene oh no i didn't no i didn't think it was i the whole time i thought it was for a, a moment scene. yeah i might have just because of the number of R- there, right? right up until din Djarin's ship oh, flew maybe. into the oh, scene whoa, I thought okay, the whole okay. first two three minutes was a interesting was a, was a, i don't know why that that was completely like pff, that passed right over me i yeah. just always I took thought the kid was din Djarin. i really did i was like <laughs> oh this is amazing i really did oh that's fair that is a fair statement but, uh, as the armor approaches uh the water's edge we see there there is one lone boy standing in the water with no helmet, and our young Mandalorian is named in the credits as Ragnar. He didn't get a last name though. Oh, interesting. So, uh, wait, he's got no last name. He's got no last. He's name. He's not coming back. <laughs> he is played by Wesley Kimmel, uh, nephew of the late night host Jimmy Kimmel, but this isn't his first dance with Star Wars. No, no, it's not. He also played the Tuscan kid in the Book of Boba Fett. And now that we're looking at it, I, I. I think I remember that. Yeah, that's wicked, though. I didn't put it together, though, until we were talking about it earlier today. He just showed up 
Uh, he just showed up in a Netflix movie called uh, Your Place or Mine with Ashton Kutcher and um, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And uh, they make him watch Alien, which was hilarious because we were talking about the Bad Batch today, which was to the, uh, a very alien-heavy. <laughs> but joining Ragnar in the water, the armorer raises the new helmet for all to see and then begins the ceremony with the boy repeating after her, I swear on my name and the names of my ancestors that I shall walk the way of the Mandalore and the words of the creed shall forever be forged in my heart. She places the helmet on the boy's head and says, this is the way. And the boy repeats the creed as the other Mandalorians, including Paz Vizla and the others chant. Yeah, this is the way we get the helmet seal noise again. We do again. They need to do some more. They need to be more consistent on how these helmet things work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Omega. <laughs> it, well, his hair is flowing. I know, eh? but it's sealed right there around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A green helmeted Mandalorian steps forward and uh, hands the armor a bowl, which she uses to scoop up some water from the lake. And facing Ragnar, she continues, from this moment on, I shall never remove my helmet. Do you figure that this is the same kind of ceremony that uh, Din Djarin will go through uh, when he goes to the, when he attempts to go to the living waters? I, I think it's exactly so. that. And to I be think, anointed in. Because I don't think they're going to have him drink that water because it's nasty no, looking water. No, I wouldn't drink No, I think she was about to pour it over his head. Yeah. yeah. Anointed. Mandalorian baptism. This is symbolic of this being a fake baptism since it's not in the mines at all. No, yeah. no, it's not. Right. So again, I think just anybody can be a Mandalorian under her under now. her code. Sure. Where the children of the watch are concerned. Yeah. Right, right. The boy starts to repeat, but she raises a hand, stopping him. And sensing danger, she grabs a boy and they rush for the shore as what looks like a cross between a turtle and a crocodile with the size of a dinosaur bursts from the water. Oh man, I love this animal. The boy dives into the sand and uh, narrowly misses the jaws of the beast. Uh, The Mandalorians, they start to scramble and firing upon the creature. Their blasters have no effect. (laughs) And the creature, it snatches up one of them in its jaws and swallows them whole. And just like uh, season two, we change aspect ratios for this scene. I completely missed it. I I completely missed it. Yeah, man. (laughs) What, we get? We go full screen on that? Yeah, yeah. They did it to me, and I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Paz Vizla, he instructs the young ones to retreat to the cave. And with the young ones heading that way, he begins to unload his heavy blaster cannon on the beast. The Mandalorians dodge and fire, keeping the creature at bay, but it continues to nose forward. Some of them take to the sky and land on its back, and they plant charges on the creature's armored exterior before taking to the sky again. Well, the while, Paz Vizla, he's providing air support. Uh, now's as good as time as any to point out that uh, under the helmet of Paz Vizsla, though, is now Tate Fletcher. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tate, because mm-hmm. he's played like, what, four different people now? Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, his uh, previous work includes roles on Breaking Bad, Westworld, and John Wick. Nice. And uh, he is uncredited as Paz Vizsla in the Book of Boba Fett. He's our guy in uh, the very first episode of The Mandalorian on the bar. Utachu Mando. That's him. Nice. But uh, that's not all because we get a quick creature comparison that shows us the difference between the final render versus the concept art at the uh, end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like it started out more like a uh, alligator snapping turtle. Yeah. 
but got morphed more into the actual alligator crocodile uh, crocodilian yeah. I, I said that uh, i don't know who was uh, who was i was talking to you hank i said mm. if i was making a live action dungeons and dragons movie this is exactly how i would make a dragon turtle dragon turtle dragon <laughs> turtle it's i love game. it it's so cool so back to our moment at hand though the charges are set and the mandalorian with the jetpacks uh fly off and they set the charges off but all this does is succeed in upsetting the creature more gee where we heard that today yeah <laughs> trying to kill the big bad monster and it just gets angry yep. <laughs> yeah Using so that, oh sorry that top ahead. shot the, the with the really cool shot to like the cannonball yeah it's like, like a pov yeah. but he's got a death watch symbol on his shoulder so there's at least one of the old guard yep. there with her yep Using its spiked tail, though, it swats one of the flying Mandalorians into the rocks near the shore. I was halfway waiting to hear the Boba Fett scream when he hit the side of the... Uh, <laughs> the Wilhelm. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't, so... No Wilhelms for you. <laughs> other, or other Mandalorians on the ground begin to tether the beasts with their grappling hooks in an effort to restrain it. And it only works for a moment, giving one Mandalorian a chance to help another one from the water. But suddenly the beast goes into a death roll, dragging the tethered Mandalorians right along with it. Yeah, I thought that's uh kind of sucks to be them. Yeah, the very gator move though. Uh absolutely it was, yeah. One Mandalorian is trapped underfoot of the beast, and the armorer charges in to free him and helping him to shore. She shoves him out of the way just before she's struck herself and tossed way across the beach. I, I give her credit. I mean, you've just watched all manner of blaster fire and uh, <laughs> explosives do nothing, but I'll charge in with my hammer and tongs. Yeah. That's I saw a meme today that was like, if you ever feel stupid, remember the armor went after a laser proof beast with a set of with a set of uh, welding tools or something like that. It was hilarious, actually. But here's here's something else to uh, to fuel that theory. Oh, sure. Ragnar rushes forward to check on her. Uh, he does. I give him that. I mean, you just are newly minted and you're already like, oh, I guess this is my last day. I, the whole time I'm thinking that's Din Djarin and I thought, oh my God, this he's going to take the beast down himself by as a little kid. This is what I'm, <laughs> this is where my brain was this whole time. Um, I was thinking, uh, looks like we need another Timmy. That's where <laughs> I was. Uh, Red says, yeah, maybe not bio mom, but in spirit. That's true. Yeah, so maybe. Uh, Doug also says clone foundlings that's an interesting uh an interesting idea because the cloning uh stuff at uh, topoka city was still going in full swing when they yeah. when they took it down there were still clone children there who knows and then uh, i think that'll be an interesting uh an interesting thing to explore though red also says quick mom hit him with your sticks <laughs> So the beast turns its attention to uh, Ragnar, who is now in uh, eye shot, I guess. And it lunges forward, but Paz Vizsla swoops in and knocks the boy clear, unloading the blaster directly into the mouth of the creature, but it still has no effect. That is a solid tactic, too. Shoot it in the soft spot, in yeah. its mouth. Yeah. But as the beast is about to end Paz Vizsla, we get that familiar musical cue. <laughs> and a blast rocks the beast. We see an N1 starfighter streak across the sky, and even the armorer stands to take notice. The Mandalorians steady themselves as Mando circles back again and fires a proton torpedo into the side of the beast. 
water, smoke, fire, and guts fill the air as yeah. the beast topples mm-hmm. over dead on the beach. Mm, did you catch the uh, the Phantom Menace sound effects for the? I did. Yeah, for the torpedo. For the torpedo, beautiful. Yeah. Loved it. Wicked nod. Yeah. With the beast down, Mando lands his ship next to it, and the Mandalorians all take notice. The canopy of the craft slides open, and they see the familiar Beskar helmet of Din Djarin, and the Mandalorians stand almost shocked amongst the sand and innards of the beast. And in the droid socket, Grogu pops up and gives a little wave and a smile. (laughs) Then we finally get our show logo and title card. And the reality is, I mean, the last time we were at the covert, it was only the two of them. So nobody else knows who this is. Yeah. All they see is a Mandalorian helmet. Holy crap. Which is maybe because that my next question is after we get to the next sequence, and they have their conversation about him being apostate, which we knew. Yeah. Nobody else. He gets a pass on this one. Like I got the impression it was you, you just don't come back until, until you've done what you need to do. And here he is coming back, which I get serves that. Hey, for anybody who didn't watch the book of Boba Fett, yeah. we'll have that conversation again. But yeah, that's, I think that's probably what it is. But in story, like, does he get a pass because he just saved their lives? I would hope so. Yeah, I guess so. Inside the covert, uh, the armorer works at her bench, and Mando and Grogu enter in, but she doesn't turn to face them. She begins telling him that he removed his helmet of his own free will. He is no longer Mandalorian. But Mando answers back that uh, the Creed teaches them of redemption. And facing the Forge, she tells him that redemption is no longer possible since the destruction of their homeworld. But Mando asks, what if the minds of Mandalore still exist? Right. But she replies that they were all destroyed in the purge. And then pulling an object from his belt, he asks, is the inscription on this not Mandalorian? And setting the artifact on the table, he takes a seat and Grogu joins him. Is the is the purge and the night of a thousand tears one and the same? Is that an interchangeable term? I don't know. I think the night of a thousand tears is one aspect, one of, the aspect of the purge. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Because uh, the chunk or the glass-like object is green in color and it has a chunk of metal embedded in it with an inscription written man in, written in Mandalorian. Uh, 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 Mandoa. 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 Yeah. Mm. I, uh, I tried mightily. <laughs> I tried, it's, but I could only get certain characters. Anybody yeah. got a 24,000 K TV? <laughs> yeah. It's gibberish. <laughs> it's uh, to me like gibberish. The armorer dims the forge and joins them at the table asking where he acquired the object. And he tells her that he got it from some Jawas who traded it with a traveler claiming to have been on the surface of Mandalore. And yeah, like I said, I couldn't make out the inscription either, but I had to go back and do a double take on that. Did he say Jawa? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, wow, they really are that they will trade for anything. Sure. And the idea of Jawas being native to Tatooine and then seeing them again uh, on the planet with, um, Alimato. Uh yeah, right. Oh, that's Tatooine. Oh, uh, sorry, where he gets the ship uh um oh. oh my god, where he finds Grogu. On Quill's homework. Right. So interesting that that um what we thought we knew about Jawas isn't necessarily the only thing we knew about them, that they are more prolific and can be found in other places in the galaxy. True. And covered in hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Red Swenson says uh the Mando that got swallowed, dead or not. Beskar is good, but that's a proton torpedo. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> totally dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't see him climbing out the mouth, so. Yeah. 
Doug says they glassed the planet just like Halo. That they did. That mm. they do. The armorer, she picks up the item and uh, says that this artifact proves that Mandalore's entire surface has been crystallized by fusion rays. But Mando questions that if the Traveler was able to obtain this, maybe the surface isn't poisoned. Right. And Grogu looks from Din to the armorer. Din asks if he visits the planet and brings her proof that he is bathed in living waters in the minds of Mandalore, then by creed, the decree of exile would be lifted and he would be redeemed. I like the fact that he's not asking her. He's telling her. Yeah. I'm right. not asking. I'm telling you. I know the yeah. code. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's also, he's got the sword too. True. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If he's if he knows the code this well now, before, remember, he didn't know, how may I be redeemed? Yeah, really. Uh, like what, he's I done some want, research. Yeah, the whole, I don't want it. You can have it. It doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. The armor looks to Grogu, then back to Din, and she states, this is the way. This is the way. Before rising from the table and returning her work, though, Mando rises and tells her, I will see you again before they turn and leave. Uh, Red Swenson says, oh, that's a good question. Are the thousand tears the literal tears of the survivors or the thousand of bo- thousands of bombs that were dropped? I think it's a metaphor. I think it it, it, it can and should be both. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a mix. Yeah. From here, we cut to hyperspace and we find uh, Mando resting oh, in the cockpit. Yeah. While Grogu stares yeah, out his dome right. bubble at the streaking lights, uh, he takes notice of a silhouetted shape keeping pace with their starfighter, and it's a purgle. We Not get, just one purgle. No, we f- get a further pulled back shot and we see that there's a whole pod of purgle keeping there's a pace. A pod with of purgles. And Grogu, he reaches out trying to touch, but soon gives up and disappears below only to pop back up on Mando's lap where he settles in for the rest of the journey. So I find that it's super cool that they've built a uh, habit trail between yes. the, the droid socket and the cockpit. Yeah. 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 And that's going to come up uh, again later. I went but, nuts. Uh, <laughs> let, let's keep going. Yeah. nuts on them for a minute. So uh, Purgle, you want to stick with the Purgles for yeah. a second? Yeah. Why not? First appeared in the 15th episode of the second season of rebels. Uh, basically, they're a tentacled space whale. Space whales, man. And they're able to naturally travel through hyperspace by metabolizing a specific green gas known as Clausen 36. Well, that's cool. That's a little more detail than I knew. Um, before, uh, based on the pullback shot that we get, yep, it is quite possible that included in this pod are normal Purgle, as well as some Purgle Ultra, which are significantly larger. Okay. So. Well, we know that they were super significant to the finale of Star Wars Rebels and uh, the fan community this week um, have all been sort of rallying around this scene like it is a it's a little foreshadowing to what may be happening uh, come the Ahsoka, Ahsoka show. Yeah, yeah, it's literally it's literally foreshadowed like they're, they're in shadow. shadow. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're, we're going to see them so hard in live like. They didn't just make that asset up to, no. to obscure it. For, yeah. You know what I mean? Here's your one it's, throwaway. No. No. Yeah, this no. has me giddier than anything has in Star Wars in like a long time. Like I love the time. idea of a creature that can travel through hyperspace on naturally. Time. Yeah. Um, so it, it just makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's the. Um, there's that Star Trek Next Generation episode where those. You know, those things eat that they, they can travel through space, uh, space whales in, the, yeah. in one of those yeah. episodes. It's very similar to that. on the enterprise yeah 
but the in in the High Republic in the in the comics and novels, they they just started a new idea. It's relatively new. If you guys don't follow it, you probably don't know. It's not like pop culture isn't talking about it yet. But they think that, or they're getting into. It, they're about to probably. Uh, it's the, the idea is that hyperspace is a realm of the Force, like the world between worlds. Mm, very interesting. And that inside it, Jedi have specific abilities within it and so this goes like you were and i were talking off camera like um in legends they had the ability to navigate hyperspace yeah jedi could navigate using the force using the force yeah. and uh the first um uh, the first spacefaring the, the 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 guys that invented the hyperspace travel studied the purgle to learn how the, uh, to do it uh, safely the ricotta the Rakata, and we have yeah. the you know there the, there's that name drop in Andor and stuff. We're getting so like there's some really cool stuff here. I think if they decide to go way back in time, uh, they can really make it work. Uh, they're just grabbing the right things out of Legends. They're still, I mean, I don't know what people yep. on the internet are saying. This is crazy good. Uh, absolutely, it is. And the fact that Grogu, he he reaches out like that innocence of a child. He doesn't know that he can't reach out and touch them. I almost wonder mm -hmm. if he if he senses like if there's a, a kinship through this the force. Is, maybe this is that, and that's exactly why I think that they're going to announce in the comics and stuff that there's like a that you can you know because immediately my brain went to this daydream of Ahsoka riding these friggin' things through hyperspace without. Without anything, <laughs> without anything so on. Oddly just, enough, like, like we, we twins we, from from visions. I was gonna say we should talk about that. Um, we did talk about that earlier. In Star Wars Visions, the twins yeah. had an entire battle outside of the Star outside Destroyer. in the vacuum of space, completely unprotected. Yeah, is that so far off now? I don't I, think so. I mean, Leia ostensibly, <laughs> you know, wasn't brief. She, Mary, the Mary Poppins. And she and she was out in space, like you know how I up. feel about that one, and I yeah. I'm totally okay with that. That, that wasn't Leia yeah. doing that. That's the Force doing that, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And Lauren says all the time, uh, they just they sort of lack imagination, or they could fly. These, uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, a force field around your body so that it, you know, like that you could do that. I don't think all the stuff that we were always doing in the role playing game when we were kids. Right. That they're just now getting to. Uh, to showing us some, some visual representation of that and I'm i got to admit, i paused this scene and i was looking for a ship and i you know oh, yeah, i'm not course, not this course. not the star destroyer but like any ship you know, i yeah. i imagine that this is the way uh ezra travels now some purgles just grab his ship and go and he just and he goes need where, fuel yeah. he doesn't you know he doesn't need a windshield yeah, really whatever it is one more note on purgles though yep. uh, if they are deprived of that clausen gas they will turn gray does that Crazy. mean they can't travel through hyperspace then? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they need that gas to they need it. get going. So they're gas powered, I guess. Well, so am I, depending on what day of the week it is. True. Yeah, sure. But back here, we find the N1 coming out of hyperspace en route to the volcanic planet Navarro. But the planet has a bit more of a green hue going on about it. And as they plunge through the atmosphere, a red light blinks on the control panel. And the Orbash on the gauge reads alt. Alt so, altimeter? Altimeter, I would, I would I assume would, so, yeah. yeah. I would think so. And as the surface comes into view, we see the settlement has expanded significantly, and there's greenery sprinkled about as well as an expansive docking yard. Mm, that's cool. And continuing his approach, a voice comes over the radio welcoming Mando to Navarro. Independent trade anchor and hyperlane port. 
the voice then asks Mando to state his purpose, to which he replies, he's here to meet an old friend. Oh, you did too. I was going to ask if you I had did seen too, that. Yeah. How do you not throw those up to compare? Yeah. So landing near the city gateway, we see things have changed significantly from where they started in season one. Yeah. From a crumbled outpost full of bounty hunters and criminals to a thriving trade settlement. And we wipe later to find Mando and Grogu in his pram strolling down the main street towards the street market. And there's a white protocol droid uh, welcoming people to Navarro, the gem of the outer rim. I love how it's just walking around like it's a, it's like a walking it's, billboard. It's tourist information. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. We see various droids and people going about their business, including an R5 astromech and an EV series supervisor droid. Did you catch the kitchen droid? I did. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait a minute! Didn't we? Didn't we just nearly get him. murdered by that guy? Yeah, I don't think it's the same. Some like, no, you know, there's some like ten year growth trees there too. This is yeah, like four years have definitely passed. <laughs> it makes sense when you look at it that way. Like, they couldn't have. I mean, sure, they could have imported a bunch of the vegetation and stuff, but like, I mean, the the planet was volcanic, so conceivably, yeah. it's it's amazing growing conditions. Yeah. And like you look at the ground in season one and it is literally dirt, like volcanic ash and dirt. Yeah. But here we've got like full paved, like a port. Yeah. Like cobblestone streets and yeah. like upgrade complete or still going. But uh, Grogu, as we go through, he's taken all taken in all that the marketplace has to offer, including various foods, includes what looks to be like a lava meerkat on a stick. Oh, uh, a chef droid similar to the guy we saw at the former oh, palace yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. during the fourth episode of the there Book of Boba Fett. Uh, man with a pet bird that kind of resembles a cross between an owl and a bat. Yeah, we see I those before. Um, we saw those in, in Boba Fett. There, uh, we talked about these before. We probably did. But yeah, I could not it's remember. A, it's when. a specific species of bat. Yeah, I can't remember the name of them. But uh, Grogu, he's taken aback at the sight of an aqualish in fine robes. And I'm not too sure why. So maybe there's like something in his past there yet to be explored. Uh, the Aqualish were the species that uh, tried to feed him to the Mantic, uh, the Mamacore. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's some bad memories there for him. That's true yeah. too. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. On the boat. That's a good grab. Uh, Longshore Mon and, uh, <laughs> and Vincent D'Onofrio, denied or not, yeah. uh, were both in that episode. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> In a white tree, there's a group of Kawaki and monkey lizards chattering away. And uh, you'll remember that they first appeared back in Return of the Jedi when we met Jabba's jester, Salacious Crumb. <laughs> Again, we see that white protocol droid acting as a walking billboard for local attractions. Can we talk about the monkey lizards for a second? Yeah, sure. This this actually came up This came up earlier in the week where there was a, in the media rounds, uh, in the circuit, people were talking about the addition of these Kawaki and monkey lizards. And it's it's an intentional it's an intentional uh, drop to have them just hanging out in the tree. Like they're not chained to the tree. They're no, not, they're, they're not. Out. Yeah. Because the first time we see a Kowaki and monkey lizard on Navarro is on a spit. It's being, it's a food source. So they've mm -hmm. gone literally from being food to flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool. I mean, yes, it's superficially. It's like, Oh, maybe a salacious crumb survived too. I don't know. Well, it is kind yeah. of weird because they're not like just dumb animals. They are. No, they're semi, semi intelligent. Yeah. yeah. Semi intelligent. Mm -hmm. So gremlin looking mofos. <laughs> or like the uh, fuzzy guys from Labyrinth who kick yeah. their heads around. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Distant cousin. But uh, 
the protocol droid he's talking about local attractions and they're offering up like geothermal springs and the black lava canyons as well as uh, markets shops and local delicacies and mando he mentions to grogu that a lot has changed around here i wonder if they offer tours of the old imperial base maybe <laughs> uh, entering into the main square a group of children go running past a street band consisting of two twi'leks and a grand and an unknown alien could not find a species for that fourth guy for which one uh the white uh oh man i don't one know. almost looks like a vader helmet on him but kind of could not find it so if you guys out there found it no idea what that guy is let us know Sh- shaved wampa or something <laughs> <laughs> but uh soon a uh the statue of ig11 catches grogu's eye and they stride towards it and circle it and mando remember asks your friend yeah you remember your old friend and we see that part of the statue is actually pieces of IG-11 that survived the explosion. I mean, we talked about this when we did the trailer breakdown. We did. And I'm going to talk about that again in this episode because I I, ha- I am, ab- I, I believe they do. Yeah. At, at some point, not this episode, down the road, they're going to. Okay. But uh, across the courtyard, Grief Karga calls out, Mando! He'd heard Mando was back, but didn't believe it. That's a good impression, by the way. Thanks. That's good. <laughs> Only good one. Uh, Mando addresses him as Magistrate Karga, but he chuckles and says, that's high Magistrate Karga to you. And the men grasp forearms and uh, Grief invites Mando inside to catch up, telling him it's good to see him. Mando remarks that uh, it doesn't even look like the same place. And Karga agrees that they have done a lot with it, but it's the citizens that have made it all possible. Yeah. And uh, once inside his office, we find Grogu spinning around in that desk chair for all he's worth. Whee! 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 <laughs> and uh, out on the balcony overlooking the square, Karga tells Mando that Navarro is now an official trade spur of the Hydean Way. And the Hydean Way, it was first mentioned in season two of uh, the Clone Wars, an episode called R2 Come Home. Mando offers his congratulations to Grief, and Karga goes on to tell him that they have a construction boom going on in the city. The Belters are mining in the asteroid fields at the edge of the system, and there's a lot of money to be made on Navarro. Uh, side note here, Belters are what the inhabitants of the Vex asteroid belt were referred to. I find it interesting that having just came off of watching uh, every season of The Expanse, that it's they use the same term for the exact same thing. Hmm. The Belters are mining the asteroid belt. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the Expanse, by the way. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. <laughs> really good. Yep. Our version here were first mentioned in the ninth issue of Star Wars Gamer Magazine way back in 2002. Oh, I've got that issue. Nice. As Grogu continues to spin in the background, Karga tells Mando that he can set him up with a prime track right over by the hot springs. And appealing to Din's fatherly nature, he says, you and the little one, you can settle down. Hang up your blaster and live off the fat of the land. But Mando corrects him. Grogu and caught off guard. He says, come again, come, come again. What? And Mando tells him his name is Grogu. And almost dismissively, he says, you know, if you say so, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> before urging Mando to come inside so he could show him something inside grief turns on a hologram and pointing out on the map, he shows Mando the plot of land that could be his, but Mando stops him, thanking him for the offer and says, uh, he has matters needing attended to. And confused, Grief questions that he thought Mando's mission was over, but he's still running around with that little critter. 
and Mando, he stops Grogu's chair from spinning and tells Karga it's complicated. Mm. Mando says that uh, he completed his quest, but Grogu returned to him. And he goes on to tell Karga that he removed his helmet and now he's an apostate. All the while, Grogu is eyeing up a bowl of treats on the desk. And still in salesman mode, Karga tells him that's all the more reason to stay with them on Navarro. Yep. Where Mando is from, he's an apostate. But on Navarro, he would be a landed gentry. Meanwhile, <laughs> Grogu force pulls the candy to himself and munches away on it. Uh, I just couldn't help. In this sequence, I could not help but think that there's like a production assistant out there that had to go through how many bags of Skittles to pull all the orange ones. <laughs> they look like pimentos. <laughs> Maybe. Just then, a uh, copper protocol droid enters the room calling for the magistrate. And Grief, he corrects the droid. Hi, magistrate. Perhaps this title is only a recent upgrade? Maybe. I don't know. But the droid apologizes and continues that there's someone there to see him. And Grief tells the droid his timing couldn't be any worse, and whoever it is can wait. But the droid insists it's pirates, pirates in the courtyard. And pausing a moment, Grief and Mando, they think it over, then head out to the courtyard. Outside of the school, one of the pirates barks at a droid to let them in, or he'll split the droid's circuits. And Grief calls to the Nikto pirate, come on, Vane, that'll be enough of that. And the group of six pirates comprised of two Niktos, one Weequay, one Trandoshan, and one Quarren, and one Klaatuinian. Ah, got them all. Uh, they turn to face Grief and the droid. The Nikto leader speaks first. Grief Karga, my old friend. Meanwhile, Mando, he kind of shuffles off to the side and leans up against... I love how he just, like, I'll just stay over here. Yeah, just leans up against the tree opposite the door of the school. And then, uh, assuming all is well, Vane says, I knew you wouldn't insult us. Come, join us for a drink. But diplomatically, uh, Grief suggests, you know, let's continue this back at my office, since this is a school now. And uh, Vane says that uh, that explains why she wouldn't let them inside, pointing to the teacher droid. Mm -hmm. uh, presumably the same teacher from when they had dropped him off for school that yeah day. when he puked up the blue stuff yeah 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 <laughs> red says uh mando backing up grief in a very you and what army you moment. and what army moment yeah <laughs> for sure but uh then pulling a power move vane says uh he forgot wasn't it grief's cut of vane's boss's treasure that built the saloon and Grief retorts that the pirate king Gorian Shard's name is familiar to all in this sector. And again, he urges them to join him for a drink back. Is it all? I, I love how office? it doesn't matter what it is. Every, every minor uh, criminal loves to throw their boss's name around. Yeah. Like, you don't know who my boss is, do you? Like, yeah. no, no, I know who your boss is. Yeah. And uh, putting his hand on Vane's shoulder, he says, you know, come on, we'll go toast to your captain. But as Grief turns to head for his office, Vane and company don't move and insist, we drink here. Grief then turns and reiterates that this is a school now. But insistent, Vane says, it's still a bar. And then he barks at Karga to bring them a drink. And stiffening up slightly, Mando calmly asks, is there a problem here, Magistrate? Doesn't want to be a lawman, but... Yeah, suits him. Uh, Grief Karga echoes Mando's question while cementing his gaze on Vane and the pirates. But Vane shrugs his shoulders and says, not if you serve me a drink. But Karga bluntly responds, not in my school. And stepping away from the door, Vane starts in. You hear that, boys? 
his school. Then yep. focusing on grief, Vane continues, you paid us for murder and mayhem inside these doors as he pulls his coat back, exposing his blaster. But then coldly, he tells grief, sounds like you went soft. And with tensions rising, Mando straightens up from the tree and grief quietly asks Vane, you think so? As he pulls his own robe back, revealing a blaster still at his side. I'm tempted to go back to season one and just have a look around the room. When, who's in there? Yeah, who's in the room? Was he in the room at some point? It's possible. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, he pulls his own blast or shows it. You know, he's still got it at his side. And looking squarely at Vane, Grief says, try me. Wicked. So there, there's your Clint Eastwood moment. But uh, I think I skipped one there, didn't I? I don't think so. I might have. Nope. But uh, Vane chuckles a moment and then narrowing his eyes, he hands uh, his hand hovers over his blaster and Mando looks on but doesn't move. And behind them, Grogu, he watches the events unfolding. Vane, or, yeah, Vane shifts his weight and moves to draw, but Grief beats him to the punch and shoots the blaster right out of his hands. I actually nice. debated, you know, the last time that Grogu was in a situation like that where he kind of yeah. he flopped up, uh, closed up the, the egg. And he didn't. Yeah. No, he, no. He's like, no, yeah, he's gonna, getting I'm used to this. Yep, yep. And that's when I, I realized it was a brand new pram. Oh yeah. And he's not holding a flashlight. Cause apparently he's got one built, built into in the <laughs> <laughs> handheld flashlights. <laughs> Recoiling in pain, Vane clutches his hand and Karga tells them to tell captain Gory and shard that Navarro is no longer friendly to pirates. Now get out of here. Vane shifts his glance and uh, two of the crew move to draw, but Mando dispatches the weak way in the second Nick to, and without hesitation, grief takes out the Trandoshan, Klaatuidian and the Quarren, leaving only Vane standing there with his hands raised. And uh, Karga forcefully tells him, get out of here now. And the Nikto pirate nods and flees off into the distance. Uh, grief Karga is a good shot. Yep. Bulls out a blaster out of a man's hand. And then took down three with no problem. Yeah. Left his hand intact enough to fly a starfighter deftly later. <laughs> Hit the gun square on, that suggests That's right. to me. Mando asks if he's sure he wants to let Vane go, but with certainty, Karga tells him he'll let it be known that Navarro is respectable now and not to be trifled with. They turn to head back to the office, and Karga tells the protocol droid, have the service droids scrub up this mess. There's the hat asset. <laughs> So apparently there's a, a cape droid as a thing. Yeah, that's uh, you keep your stuff cleaner cape, that way. Cape droids. <laughs> I laughed. I'm like, what? What? Is, those are droids. What the hell? Well, he does say they got lots of droids on Navarro. Uh, they do apparently, and cape droid is one of them. Looks like a smaller version of the uh, of the uh, what do you call it? The waitress droid from yeah. uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, the, uh, it looks like Constable Zuvio. Uh, reoccurring hat they've got to use that in every production i think at least once also (laughs) did you guys notice the uh the the building frontage is the frontage of the of the uh of um of uh what's her name's bar in book of boba fett oh it's just redressed poor twilight girl yeah 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 um so uh more practical sets this season than than we have in previous yeah more of the uh the language or the at least the deco from uh yeah. At Galaxy's Edge as well. Uh, definitely, up. yeah. Very much like that, yeah. What's entirely possible, too, is that they 
those are filmed assets of that set. Could be redressed digitally Possibly. and then projected on the uh, on the volume. On the volume. Okay, that's entirely possible too. <laughs> that's, uh, either that's way, if that crazy. is the case, <laughs> if that is the case, it looks so good. <laughs> it looks really good. It does. Yeah. But grief. He turns and uh, he says, "I've got to level with you, Mando. I need a marshal." And what? Yeah. Mando asks, "Well, what about Marshal Dune?" And Karga relays that uh, after she brought in Moff Gideon, she was recruited by special forces. And as for Moff Gideon, he was sent to the New Republic War Tribunal. Yeah. And then Grief so that's makes... Oh, sorry. Classy writing. That's classy writing. They get, you know, they take uh, the character who really has nothing to do with the actress, except she did portray her very well. Yep. They, they take the Star Wars character and they give her a beneficial future off somewhere. Yeah. And we can have all the fan fiction or even novels or comics or whatever. Uh, moving down the road that's she can I have mean, a ride off into the sunset yeah right and but yeah. and and they give her you know special forces it's just something cooler that she's now she, that character's got this cool life somewhere you know, else and which it, it, it's very classic they could have not said a word she yeah. was already yeah. a, a rebel a rebel drop commando yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, much more uh civil than the i have to go now from the simpsons <laughs> or or they just they just never mention them again they just well and i kind of thought that's how they might do it but you know I mean, like eric foreman's sister in in uh that 70s show yeah exactly right. Lori. It leaves the it leaves the uh door open in case they can reconcile with the actresses at the yeah, same absolutely time. it does for sure the grief he goes to make his final ask are you ready to put on the stripes collect a healthy stipend you'd make a very fine lawman Amando asks, why didn't you request one from the New Republic? Hmm. But Karga, he takes a breath and tells Mando, the last thing they intend to do is bow down to yet another far-off bureaucracy. Under Grief's watch, Navarro will become the first truly independent trade anchor in the sector. Interesting that there is uh, this idea of neutrality uh, post, or what, five, seven years after yeah. uh, you know, the, the uh, Galactic Civil War and there's no sort of like oh like what was the what was the state of the planet during the civil war was it an imperial controlled world i would think so yeah just because had a there's that base there. there right yeah oh yeah garrison yeah but uh, you can't blame them you know like you just got out of one thing you don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah. right back in no out of one out of you one know, deal really out of two deals because they you know during the, the during the time of the republic the uh crime didn't do very well no, you know, with the Jedi running around policing, tens of thousands of Jedi running around policing, um, and then you went right into the war, and then you went right into an oppressive uh, regime. Another, yeah. yeah. So you're you're talking about decades of uh, of chaos, and this is why crime is actually flourishing now because there there's a that huge power vacuum in the galaxy. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, Mando says uh, he can't serve as marshal for Navarro as he has something pressing to attend to and grief apologizes citing. I didn't know you were here on business. Grief asks Mando, what can we provide? And Mando turns pointing at the statue of IG 11 says, I need him back. And grief <laughs> chuckles, uh, say, you know, it's only uh, a statue, <laughs> but Din says, you know, are, are they not still IG 11's parts in there? And grief confirms, but says that there are no more than scrap at this point. And they were lucky to recover what they did from the lava flow where IG-11 self-destructed. With a bomb in his chest, by the way. Yeah. That's mm. an awful lot of torso left over for a bomb in your chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you open the door on the front. 
Okay, I can can I I'm so I'm so like oh yeah yeah yeah. They want the statue because they, they essentially want to bring him back. Yeah. We see that they've taken the torso and they've left the arm, the two legs. Later on in that trailer, when we see uh, uh, pa, um, uh, um, Paz Vizsla and the rest of the Mandalorians in Navarro, we see the Stormtrooper helmet plinth. There's nothing on it. Nothing. Yeah. Not even. I mean, Din does say later, like, uh, if I can I find don't know if I can handle them. I don't know if I can handle him when he's fully put together. Yeah. 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 But then says, if I can find the parts, they can fix them. True. Yeah. So I would write this up though, to misdirection because this would so? be the first time that Disney has like digitally removed an asset oh, from a trailer just to throw you off. Yeah. That's a good. Point. And like in season two, like we didn't even notice for the first while that the statue was even there. No, that until they were like right in front of it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, hey, look, there's a statue over there. <laughs> I still think, it, I mean, because they make a point of like, if I can find the parts, that they are going to put him back together. And I think oh, yeah. they do succeed. Yeah. That's where I'm at with that. I believe so. But, oh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting point. Oh, we got one here. Red says, you think maybe Marshall Vizsla? Mm. Probably not. Probably not, but I do think that under the leadership of whoever's holding the dark saber, you could rally the Mandalorians to Navarro to do to something. Do something yeah. yeah. But uh, back here, Din tells Grief he needs a droid that he can trust to help him explore Mandalore, and he's that droid. Grief tries to dissuade him with the possibility of other droids that they have on Navarro, but Din asks Grief, "Can you let me give it a shot?" And later on, only the bronze pieces of the statue remain. And inside the magistrate's office, Mando tinkers with the charred remains of IG-11 as Grogu watches on. That's a nice character piece, too, when you go back and consider in season one how droid-averse he was because of the droid armies during the, the Clone War. Well, he's already mm -hmm. had to kill him once, right? Well, yeah. He had to kill him to save Grogu. Had to kill him once and then had to go on a mission with him. But he um, fixed him by then. Yeah, and really overcame that, okay, maybe not all droids are... Yeah, you know, mur murder bots, and his sacrifice uh, is what changed him. Like, because the next time yeah. he meets Pelly Motto after that, he's like, "No, let the droids work on it." Yeah, yeah. And then okay. he's fine with R five, and he's you know, so that right that single interaction changes, changes the way he feels moving forward. Yeah, right? his entire outlook on yeah. yeah on artificial life, I guess. Grief looks on with a less than hopeful look and Mando uses a soldering tool to work on the exposed wires from IG's spinal column. And with the droid now hooked up to a power source, he says, it's time to see if we can wake him up. And Mando, he touches two exposed wires together, basically hot wiring the droid and shifting his gaze from the wires to the droid's head. Nothing happens. And frustrated Mando gives up and grief stands akimbo and shoots Mando. A, I told you so look. Hey, you tried. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. But uh, Mando shakes his head and Grogu still standing on the table. He's the first to notice that the fingers on the droid's remaining arm, they're starting to twitch. Grief and Mando take notice too and the lights on IG-11's head come on and begin to glow. And after some uh, head movements, IG-11 sits up and Grogu moves forward as IG-11 starts citing protocols. 
Uh, important to note, though, this is the first uh, angle in the episode. Yeah, we actually get to see that Grogu is wearing that Beskar chainmail. Oh, uh, yeah, you can see robe. down his uh, his robes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's there. He's wearing it. But at the sight of Grogu, IG-11's lights switch to red, and he starts calling oh. him the asset to be terminated. Dun 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 dun. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Mando lurches forward and snatches Grogu away from the droid, but it flings itself off the table and tries to pursue them. And Mando, he opens fire on it. But unrelenting, the droid pulls itself closer and closer to Din and Grogu until it Terminator one action. Seriously. Like even the, the, the set, like the, uh, the the, the uh, servo cues and whatnot all right oh, with that whole term they, they make it like a stop motion like that whole crawling one yeah. arm yeah. very yeah very terminator yeah but uh another horror movie callback well i'd, I'd say that's an action movie yeah the first terminator yeah it's killer robot it's on the cusp yeah is that jim cameron too uh no, I don't believe so. Uh the first Terminator. No. Terminator, uh, um wow. Just keep going without me. I'll okay. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the droid pulls itself closer until it clamps its hand around Mando's ankle and calling to grief, like legitimate distress. He grief. Din tosses Grogu to Karga's waiting arms, but the droid instantly shifts attention to Grogu's new position. The copper protocol droid, though, has been hiding behind a bronze bust of Grief Karga, who is now crying out for Mando to shoot it. Shoot it. I'm not going to lie. The first time you see the, the, the bust, it's in the background. I'm like, is that is the it? client? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bust of, of, um, of uh, Werner oh, really? Herzog's character. Crazy. I didn't, uh, Clearly, I didn't it's not post that. any guesses, but, you know, looking at it now, it's like, yeah. Oh, it's totally it. Grief Karga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mando continues to fire with no effect and suddenly the protocol droid pushes over the bust and it crushes the head of IG-11. Like stomping on a pop can. Yep. And holstering his blaster, Mando Mando delivers the perfect action movie line. Now that's using your head. (laughs) It is is James Cameron, by the way. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. I did not know that. Mando postures that uh, IG-11 reverted to his old programming and grief gives him a sarcastic, you think? Later, we find Mando pushing a gravity lift with the remains of IG-11 and Grogu on it, and grief tells him it's too big a job for him. But luckily, Navarro has attracted some of the finest droid smiths in the outer rim, and they'll have IG back to himself in no time. Mando asks if he thinks they're up for it, as he doubts that he could handle IG with all his limbs if things go scud. Wow. Yeah. But uh, confidently, Karga tells Mando, ask him for yourself. And he looks around asking, who? But Grief points to a small door and says, the Anzellans. And a little shop window opens up and a small Anzellan pops out <laughs> asking, what do you want? Hey, hey! <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> Dude was one of my favorite characters in, in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know why. He's I just, I really like him. <laughs> But Grogu looks down and smiles at the sight of the little alien. And later inside the shop, we see a, there's a whole crew of Anzellans working away on multiple parts of IG. He's happy because he sees food. You think he sees food? <laughs> I do. I, I got something not- small enough to put in his mouth, smaller than him. 
Eh, at least something to play with. Do they remind you of dozers? Like yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Like like not so much Babu Frick by himself, but when there's a group of them, the group dynamic. I just was like, oh my god, dozers. (laughs) Grogu pulls himself up onto their uh, work slab as they continue to tinker, and one Anzellan sparks apart, and then looks to Mando and says, "Nope, can't fix. Nope." And Mando responds with a slow, "Oh, oh." Okay. And the Anzellan continues with only some words understandable. I love how for like for me the second time around, I really paid attention. And I was like, oh, they are speaking basic. He intercut with a little bit of extra. What's hilarious is that every line that they deliver, grief is like, he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What you don't know, okay. I'm here, I'm in the room, okay, man. I got it. <laughs> okay, I got it. Mando asks if he speaks any Hatties, but Grief he leans in down and calls into the workshop. He says he can't fix it. But Mando turns to the Anzellans and says, That's not good. I need this one. This one is my friend. But the lead Anzellan clearly says he's not friend anymore. <laughs> Grief translates again that uh the Anzellan says the memory circuit is shot and Mando tells them put a new one in. But speaking plainly now, the Anzellan tells them don't make new ones. Very hard to find. And grief translates again, but Mando understood that one. Yep. And the Anzellan continues that Mando should buy a new droid because this one is poodoo. I love the use of poodoo. Yeah. Looking at you, Tony. Mm-hmm. Gilroy. Well, yeah, right. The only thing we're going to get to Mando asks if they can fix IG without the part and they tell him no. But then he asks, well, what if I find you the part? And the Anzel, and he responds, okay, then no problem. We fix. And at this point, Grogu gives the tiny alien a big hug. And Mando <laughs> leads forward and pulls the Anzel away, telling Grogu he's not a pet. And the Anzel cries out, no squeezy, no squeezy. <laughs> and once they're apart, he looks at a bad baby. Mando apologizes, telling him he's young. But then Grogu reaches for him again. And Mando interjects as Grief watches from outside. Now, to your to your viewing of it, yeah. Do you think he sees him as a pet, or is he understanding that with they get that part, he can bring back his friend? Like, oh, you can bring my friend no. back. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know about that. I kind of want, I still think it's that there's a, the childlike quality of Grogu coming through here and oh, that he sure. sees, he sees the Anzellan as a, as a plaything, maybe a toy or something. Yeah. 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 I mean, they are charming and amusing. Here we are as adult men laughing at these thinking, God, they are, they're quite charming. Yeah. It's the two cutest things in star Wars, giving yeah. each other a hug. Like, right, like right. What, what are they doing? To All you need to do is in. throw a porg in there and it's a, <laughs> yeah. It's Leia's a, droid, right. and uh, <laughs> right. we'll start crying. Yeah, right. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> Little house on the prairie show about those four characters. Uh, are we gonna ha- let's have that discussion? Okay, where are we going? Is it or is it not Babu Frick? I don't know. I'd it's have not- to throw up an image of beside, like I. I don't know if I could can, be. Uh, could be Babu Frick. I mean, it could be, but it is not credited as Babu Frick. We did have no. a, a whole dive on that uh, off camera, and uh, do you remember what we figured? What we learned? Yeah, we did. Uh, we can touch on that a little bit later. Oh, you do. Yeah, I do you've have got a slide it. referring okay. to that. Um, but in the credits of this particular episode, it is just all three of them are just referred to as the Anzellan crew. 
The N is Ellen Kroon. I'm going to lower are the they voice by J.J. Abrams. They are not voiced by J.J. Abrams. No. And, uh, and he was the voice of Bobby. So here, here is. I don't no, know if he can, wasn't. If you if this comes across, that is Babu Frick, uh, in the uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I'm not sure. Except for slightly different facial hair, I couldn't pick the three ends Allen's out from one another. You couldn't say which one is who. No, That's fair except, too. Yeah, yeah. Give them different. Like one's got a little tuft, sure, go sure. one's got a full beard, and that guy's got yeah. like a few man shoes. He's, a, he's more of a mustache than Babu Frick, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, this does establish that they're not like Yoda, there's lots of them out there. No, that's true. That's true. so, and they're all tech, uh, tech uh, savvy. Apparently, they're all uh, master that's droid smiths. That's the word. Little hands get in there, <laughs> yeah. I guess so, eh. Later on, we find Mando getting into his N1 starfighter, and Grogu pops his head up in the bubble. Mando tells Grief to keep IG-11 safe until he can get back with the part. And Grief chuckles and says, if the Hanzellans can't fix it, he doesn't know who can. Well, it only makes sense considering, you know, yeah. uh, what they had to do to 3PM. True. Grief bids him uh, safe travels and Mando closes the cockpit canopy. The copper protocol droid gives a wave as they lift off and we wipe to space and we see the N1 departing from Navarro. And in my head, he's heading to Peli Motto to for the Jawas to pick up the part. Maybe, maybe that'd be a good idea. I was surprised that he showed up uh, where he does. Eh, could be. I thought he would. Yeah, I honestly thought that. Okay, we we flunked out at Navarro. Better go see our other friend. True, yeah. but yeah. he also has you know multiple errands. Could to be. Run. Could be that it's on the way. <laughs> he started yeah. three or four uh, different side quests. He's got to pick one. Yeah, it could be it's where a good game, though. It's a real good game, a fantastic game. Where he's heading to next could just be, I mean, space wise, but geographically closer. Maybe, oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but theoretically, yeah. We wipe to space and uh, see him departing Navarro, and inside the cockpit, Grogu now sits on Din's lap. And Din begins to tell him, you know, being a Mandalorian isn't just about learning how to fight, you have to know how to navigate the galaxy because you never know where you'll be heading next. And pointing to one of the displays on the control panel, he tells Grogu that this is the hyperspace map. And he relates that you can determine your range by looking at the fuel gauge. The Orabesh on the fuel gauge is gibberish, but it reads T-C-E-J-N-L. Yeah, if that's supposed to be something that we're supposed to be able to make sense of, yeah, and, I and don't. The odd thing is some of the characters are upside down and backwards. So, Well, but if that goes back to what we were talking about before. From all. Yeah. All yeah. angles, yeah. But the other, uh, the altimeter also exposes another side of it there. So not only does it say ALT, but the other one reads PSI. So pressure? Pressure, probably cabin pressure, maybe. Oh, maybe. Okay, yeah, I'd buy that. But before uh, Mando can point out the next component, the alarm sounds and the screen goes red, and he tells Grogu... Uh, this is your enemy proximity warning indicator. And he tells Grogu to hang on. We got pirates. Red Swenson says, uh, could be a map code like grid squares. Ah, maybe, but I wouldn't expect to find that on a fuel gauge. You know, it's weird though, because you are right. You are right. I, I just don't know. I mean, with that, there's that third, that third dimension that makes it spatial, like three dimensionally, not just, Mm two lines on, yeah. on a the uh, axis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Over the comms, uh, Vane hails Mando with a, a vast Mandalorian 
you can't just sneak away after cutting down four of my brothers in cold blood. Avast. And mm-hmm. that statement is wrong. Oh, it's plainly <laughs> wrong. It is wrong. In the square, yeah. we counted the total of six pirates in, in the group. That's true. And Grief so, and Mando so cut what down. If one of those guys was just hanging out, ready to go into the school to pick his kid up. <laughs> <laughs> he just got shot. Mando oh, gunned no, down it was a guy. Literally, it was four guys. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who that fifth guy was. Yeah. He, he was number six the and he was not guy. He was just wrong, wrong place the at the wrong time. The school. Where's my dad? Friendly fire. <laughs> the three fighters close the distance behind the N1 and Vane continues. We're Pirate King Gorian Shard's men. Now you'll answer to him. <laughs> One was a pledge, didn't have his stripes yet. <laughs> not a full pirate. You don't not count. A full pirate. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mando tells him uh, Gorian Shard should stick to hijacking and ransoming as he adjusts some controls. And Grogo, he tucks himself inside Mando's bandolier. And Mando hits the throttle and leaves the pirates scrambling. Vane cries out after him as the three pirate ships take to take up pursuit. And Din, he steers that starfighter into a nearby asteroid field, dodging and spinning, avoiding the pirates' fire at the same time. I like that they made a, a point to actually populate the asteroid belt with there was like looked like some kind of structure buildings or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Mining, couple slides like, here. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. But Grogu hangs briefly upside down as they spin uh, evasively and roll and steer further into the asteroid field. And we get a nice shot of the bottom side of the N1. And there doesn't appear to be a visible droid socket down there anymore. On the bottom? Yeah. Because you, po- you guys had asked, you know, how is Grogu popping out of there in his pram? And later on, when we get to our next stop, I think it's further back on the ship, but it's hidden well enough that we don't see it. Again, they do this thing in Star Wars where we had this conversation sort of privately earlier this week where like, like there's no way that an astromech droid should be able to fit in an N1. The shoulders just don't don't fit the uh, the contour. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the uh, the Eta Actus Jedi Starfighter. Half of R2 should be hanging out the bottom of the yeah. of the Jedi Starfighter wing, but you know, they just kind of you know just just gloss it over. Just like ignore that. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at here. Yeah. The uh, the three pirates though, they follow Mando further in. And the enemy proximity warning goes off again, and three more incoming pirates show up on the screen. Mando rolls further into the asteroids, but Vane is right on him. And skirting around one large asteroid, he hits the throttle and circles the rock, coming out in front of two of the pirates, blasting one of the oncoming ships. The other two cut away, but uh, the damaged ship smashes into an asteroid, and Vane is legitimately shocked that another one of his pirate brothers has fallen. I love the uh, creative use of, of cover in this fight. Yes. Yeah. We see a Klaatuinian pilot in one of the other ships, and the remaining five converge behind Mando and fire. The interior of the N1 is uh, illuminated from all the cannon fire streaking past them, and all the while, Grogu is just giggling away with glee. As he's uh, got the Mando's bandolier as a seatbelt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The N1 skirts between more asteroids and blaster fire with hairpin maneuvers. And uh, among some of the larger asteroids, he skirts in and they lose sight of him. And Vane calls out asking if anybody has eyes on the Mandalorian. And the Trandoshan pilot hisses back, not yet. 
but uh, we get a great shot at the underside of the pirate vessel. Oh yeah. Uh, just before it flies in uh, behind a large rock and an explosion emerges from the other side with a perfectly timed musical cue. Bing gets a glimpse of the N1 before it's lost in the asteroids again. And we see a Shydop pilot just before he passes by an asteroid with a large crater that's been hiding the N1. And Mando picks this pirate off with ease. Uh, this isn't the first time we've seen a Shydop, though. The uh, last uh, season, they were shown prominently in Chapter 15, The Believer. Where they were also identified as pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shydop pirates, and they were trying to blow up the shipment of uh, Rhydonium. Rhydonium, yeah. So now with. Uh, three of the six pirates eliminated were left with our Nikto vein and uh, two Klaatuinian pirates. And they fall into formation to search for Mando, but the N1 emerges from behind them and Mando fires, destroying the ship in the middle as the other two flank off. And he doesn't let up as the pirates try to flee. And the remaining Klaatuinian takes a hit, causing him to crash in some of the outbuildings on the uh, asteroids. And this must be where grief said that the belters were mining. Right. Mm -hmm. So going back to what you had said about, you know, well, they made a point to show. Yeah. 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 Still on the run. Vane radios ahead that he's bringing the Mandalorian to you, captain, as they sweep past a sizable asteroid to reveal what uh, the descriptive audio calls a massive Corsair with an anvil shaped prow. Corsair waiting on the other mm, side that's cool i love the 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 old timey sailing mm. uh reference well a vast g well i i <laughs> i love that stuff it's 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 fine even the falcon is a corvette right the falcon yeah the falcon's a corvette it was always referred to as a freighter i thought oh. or or sorry um uh, corsair not the falcon, ship the, is, a, uh, is a is a uh a corvette that's what i meant that's yeah. what i meant yeah not okay yeah. a corvette the, uh, the tantive but uh, this one, it strongly resembles an Eclipse class superstar destroyer. Definitely mm. takes some design cues from there. Yeah. Uh, although it's considerably smaller. Yes. <laughs> than that ship. But the underbelly of the ship opens up, revealing a series of laser cannons which line up to take aim at uh, Mando. And an alarm sounds on the end one, and uh, Mando gives us a dank ferric as Grogu watches the enemy proximity alert. And Mando confirms they have a target lock on them. More deck cannons line up to fire, and from the bridge of the Corsair, Captain Gorian Shard issues a warning telling Din to stop where he is as he is outgunned. Captain Swamp Thing. Yep. (laughs) Mando responds telling him he has no quarrel with the Pirate King. (laughs) Red Swenson says uh, the Pirate King looks like a waterlogged Donkey Kong. Waterlogged Donkey Kong. (laughs) It's like a combination between Davy Jones, uh, Swamp Thing, yeah, and uh, the uh, the Croft brothers. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a swamp creature from a cartoon in the '70s. That's you know, it's funny two. you say that because I'll circle back to that. In a second oh, sure, here, sure. Thanks, uh, nice. Gorian he rises from the captain's seat and strides past a warthog-like alien towards the window, barking. What a kind sentiment from a man who just destroyed four of my fighters. And again, we have an incorrect count because Mando um, just blasted five of them out five. of existence. So these guys apparently don't know the difference between four and five. No math. <laughs> don't make a deal with them. <laughs> I don't know. You might come out on top. I want 4% of the profits. Okay, I'll keep five. <laughs> but 
uh, he tells Mando, uh, surrender your ship and I'll spare your life. And Mando, he looks down and tells Grogu, never trust a pirate. And Grogu coos and Mando then flicks a switch on the console. I'm surprised he didn't let uh, let Sonny Boy press the button. Yeah. Whee! Oh, that's coming. That's coming for sure. But flicking the switch, the N1 rockets forward too fast for the cannons and skirts right up by the bridge of Gorian's ship Yeah, before disappearing into deep space. And a shot of an angered Captain Gorian Shard with his blazing red eyes. Iris is out as we catch up with Mando coming out of hyperspace on approach to a lush green and blue planet. Oh, yeah. Mando tells Grogu that uh, this is Kalevala, another planet. <laughs> you did call it. Yes, you did. Yep, Kalevala. Another planet in the Mandalorian system. And gliding towards the surface, the atmosphere is all rainy. And as we draw closer, Din points out that the structure below is a Mandalorian castle. And wide-eyed Grogu takes it all in. But uh, before we go any further, let's just dial in on Captain Gorian Shard for a moment. Hmm. Uh, I have no doubt that this guy is going to return as a threat in future episodes. So, Oh, he is played by Nonso and Nosy, and he has 48 previous roles. I was going to say. Including uh, roles in the 2011 Conan the Barbarian. Oh, the Jason Momoa movie? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tommy Jeopard in the show Sweet Tooth. Uh, the voice of Wavern in The Sandman. And uh, for him, he had released the look of Gorian a couple days ago on his Instagram, citing that... Uh, he kind of looks like Swamp Thing, but similar to what you said, Hank, I think a more accurate description would be a mashup of Swamp Thing, Davy Jones, and maybe the Grinch. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't know if you guys can see this thing. This is that Sid and Marty Croft creature. Oh, oh, right, right, right. From the from the seventies, he looks a lot like that guy. There you go, Sigmund the Sea Monster. <laughs> but yeah that's our gorian uh, also the pirate ships that uh, gorian is so ticked about losing they're not named no but they do bear some resemblance to the i7 howl runner and there also seems to be a bit of that Porsche ship design incorporated as well but they could also be a new interpretation of the r1 star chaser from the rpg and before i looked it up I thought they looked a lot like the Buck Rogers. Oh, you know, they kind of do, don't they? And then I, yeah, I get that vibe too, especially compared to the Howl Runner. Yeah. There's, again, I mean, man, I love starships. And when I see a new ship and I'm like, I'm all over it, I automatically, my brain goes into legends mode. Like, okay, what haven't they brought forward yet? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I looked at the I-7. I looked at some of the ships from uh, the, the, um, Star Wars Galaxy's MMO, and I'm like, God, they all have these sort of similar design. You know, looking at that shot right there, I know that's sucky for all the people that are listening to us on the audio yeah. version, but yeah. that to me, right there, that looks like they took the front end of a Cylon Raider and jammed it onto a, a onto a Viper, and then <laughs> yeah, took the really. fin off. It kind like of does. It really does. <laughs> yeah, We're smacking yeah. into each other. <laughs> the R uh, the R41 Star Chaser, though that that's a new one. I like that. That one didn't come up until like much, much later on. And I, and to be honest, I don't know anything about that ship other than it is a a legends era ship uh, from a video game. There's also a two seater version called the R2, but apparently it didn't sell as well. 
Oh, okay. And that's within, you know, universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be interesting to see, though, if they do name it further on down the road, like if there's an episode guide for this that comes out later on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's always room for new ships. I mean, uh, I love that stuff. That's, if anything, man, I I made a joke uh, before we we put the show together. I'm like, there was an actual space battle. (laughs) There There was a a fight in the stars. They're using uniform ships speaks to their organization or maybe their wealth. Like they're, you know what I mean? They have a fleet of organ, like, sure, sure. you know, they're not just hodgepodge. I didn't didn't put it up here, but there is a really great shot in the concept art in the credits. Yeah. And it shows the top side of Of Gorian shard ship of, and there's literally rows. I was going to say these little fighters lined up. Can you go back to your, to your last one that has Gorian's, uh, uh, um, ship Corsair on it? Because it's missing sections and they're they're replaced with ray shields. Yeah, so there's like the the ball turrets coming out of it. Right there. I got serious uh, Confederacy vibes off of this ship. And I wonder if it's a holdover from the Clone War that they've just... Commandeered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ray shielding thing, though, like that's something we've never seen before. On a bridge, too. Right, like all of your your surfaces that should be hardened against the vacuum of space, your hangar bay, the bridge. Nope, there's no there's no glass, no transparent steel, nothing. Ray shielding. Yeah. Wow, we know Jedi love to burst the windshields out of these things, so maybe <laughs> they've got ray shielding to replace it. Maybe. <sighs> but you can see there on the top, cool there is a bit yeah. of ray shield action going on. Well, there on is. The top for the uh, the landing. The guy. hangar. The hangar yeah. is covered mm-hmm. in ray shields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love the design. I hope we get to see a little bit more of it. I, I think we're going to. I. I have no doubt that this guy is coming back around again. Yeah. 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 Might be next episode might be 10 episodes from now. Yeah. Uh, they, they made a point. There was too much going on here for him not to show up. Even if it's just a thorn in your side, like yeah. I finally caught up with you, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> and we just get away again. Yeah. They name drop him four times here. Gorian shard. Gorian like, shard. No, the, at first <laughs> Nick drops him. Then grief says, I know him. Then the Nikto says again, I work for him. And then yeah. Din finally yeah, yeah. says, Look, I got no quarrel with you. Right. And right. Another, another Rebels connection, if you want. There's another character that calls himself King of the Pirates. That's Hondo oh, Anaka. Hondo Anaka. Mm. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Whether we're, you know, maybe Hondo's in a holding cell while this guy tried to usurp <laughs> his stuff or something. Maybe Man, I need some Hondo, that. guys. Baloney. <laughs> need some Hondo. And another point here uh, is it weird that Mando points out to Grogu, don't trust a pirate? In in uh, relation, like, say to uh, hey, the Bad Batch, who are maybe going to have to trust a pirate. They've already kind of done that with Fee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. But interesting how the episodes contrast each other for sure. Red's got another uh, one here. <laughs> the Mandalore system is between Coruscant and the Outer Rim via the Hydean Way, so Bo is technically the closer stop. Okay, yeah, I kind of Fair thought enough. that though. But thank you for the confirmation. I kind of thought that. Yeah. Uh, with the way uh, hyperspace travel works now who knows yeah so no there's another thing and i totally i totally missed it i meant to like it's near the beginning of the episode when when they're in hyperspace yeah sure grogu gets out of the dome and climbs into the cockpit with him yeah you guys get the impression that that din was sleeping he's totally sleeping yeah he's absolutely sleeping that thing's on autopilot right we're retconning we're getting back to hyperspace Hyperspace trips take time 
Yeah, they take time. We really, really seem to be like just jumping through uh, the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, like we fly crazy. by plot. Yeah, <laughs> so it makes me feel better that we're kind of is at, at the speed of plot. At least time to play a game of Dejarik between uh, you know planets. <laughs> Seriously, but back on Calavar or Calavala, Calavala, uh, Mando and Grogu they disembark from the N one. And a slender blue droid watches them from the top of the stairs uh, beside the landing platform. Nice touch with the uh, the the crystal the yeah the Mandalorian symbol in the chest. Nice touch. Yeah. yeah. They approach the castle steps and pass by the droid. You want to talk about the pram here? Who uh, we're talking about the droid socket again? Yeah. Okay. So like, there's a there's a problem there. One, there's a freaking engine in the way. Yep. Um. But at the same time, story-wise, I do buy that the Pram drops out the droid socket. Yeah. Um, I don't think that 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 Grogu crawled into space and then into the like. There's a, there's a passageway from the front somewhere front. from the droid socket into. I would say yeah, that, right, exactly. that his Pram drops out just after the engine, behind the engine. Yeah. But that doesn't work for when because we know that R five is going to get picked up. That's not going to work. So that's again, that's one of those. We just hope you overlook that and we just <laughs> suck him right through the engine. Unless she just, you know, strips R5 of his legs and puts him in from the top. Well, look at the the other sprite Jedi Starfighters. The droid, the astromech droid was hardwired in. Yeah. They didn't need yeah, a whole body. True. It was just yeah. a brain and a and a head. That's swivel. Yeah. Maybe we, that's yeah, we've seen that for happen. sure. Maybe my my original X Wing from 1978, uh, R2, R2 was hardwired in it. <laughs> he was hardwired into that. He Does like anybody think that's a like a uh, an EVE droid or a 99 droid? Has Very that similar? Yeah, yeah, same kind of vibes going on. Yeah, but the droid he remains silent as they pass, and they enter the castle and make their way down a long pillared hallway towards a lone figure sitting on a throne, and blue banners they hang from each of the marble pillars. And Grogu, he stares around, taking it all in, looking at the polished marble pillars and the stained glass windows. And drawing closer, Mando calls out, Bo-Katan, it is Din Djarin. So there's a, there's a tonal shift here. We just we went from a Western and Navarro, then yeah. we went to a pirate yeah. movie, and now we've just gone to a medieval sword and sorcery. Tis yeah. I. <laughs> I did love you, it. Do you, 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 you catch the what's on the tapestries, too? I did it's catch the night that. owl symbol. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a twist to it, which we'll come up oh, on sure. here in a minute. Mm. But uh, then right before the throne, he declares, you know, he's here to join her. I'm here to join you. But Bo replies, there's nothing left to join. And Din asks, but what are your plans to retake Mandalore? And she tells him that when he or when she returned without the Darksaber, her forces melted away. And Din, he asks, what about the stolen fleet? And she plainly tells him that they're making their way through the galaxy, working as mercenaries. It's interesting, you know, uh, I kind of got the feeling like she says that they left. We only ever saw her working with Costco Reeves and uh, Axe Wolves. I didn't get the impression. I got the impression that those three were pretty tight, like that they yeah, were. At least those three were tight. Yeah. So did they just kind of buckle under peer pressure and take off because, well. Or did they really turn on her? Or did she throw a fit and kind of drive a wedge? Or she just told them to go away? Maybe. Maybe. Red's it's red not red. lost on me, too, that, that the uh, sculpture in the background, that relief sculpture, is Mandalorian yeah. fighting Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. 
Red Swenson says, classic Mando power move. I'm going to watch you walk down my 100-meter corridor before I acknowledge you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Star Wars Game of Thrones. Seriously, yeah. And, you know, she's sitting in that chair like Maul sat in the, the actual Kind of, yeah. Door. All just kind of like... Cavalier is F. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bo then asks Din if he still has the saber, and he tells her he does. And Bo then bluntly tells him, well, then you lead them. You lead them now. Wave that thing around, and they'll do whatever you say. Mando, he questions, so you gave up your designs to retake Mandalore? And coldly, she tells him, your cult gave up on Mandalore long before the purge. Where were you then? And the children of the watch and all the factions that came before fractured and shattered our people. Go home. There's nothing left. She preaches like she completely forgets that she was part of the death watch. Well, yeah, <laughs> she's part of the fracture. <laughs> she says like that. She has no involvement in it though. Right. Like, yeah. Mando, he pauses a moment and uh, tells her, I'm going to Mandalore to bathe in the living waters and to be forgiven for my transgressions. And Bo tells him he's a fool. There's nothing magic about the minds of Mandalore. They supplied Beskar to our ancestors and the rest is superstition. She continues, the planet has been ravaged, plundered and poisoned. But Din questions, you said that curse was a lie. Make up your mind. Yeah, make up your mind. So, and there's another thing she needs to make up her mind about there. So if this is all just myth and legend, why doesn't she take the Darksaber and not worry about Challenge it? him for it right now. Or or, yeah. or just take it as a gift because he's willing to give it. What does it matter? I know that she's done that and failed she's already. She's already done it once. If, if she's yeah. if she's eschewing the, the Mandalorian you know, myth and magic, then why not take up the mantle yeah, like and just tell everybody you won? what yeah. what parts of mandalorian tradition do you follow like yeah. how do you decide right and so yeah and he says it plain like he's not speaking about that necessarily but make up your mind yeah and i think that circles back to like her telling him there's another way oh yeah and should he come into full leadership there's going to uh, be a new way that's like a hybrid of both uh you may be right but maybe you're right yeah She goes on to tell Din, you know, if you want to go to the mines, be my guest. They're beneath the civic center in the city of Sundari. Thanks for the directions. Yep. And Din, he thanks her. And as he turns to leave, he tells her, I will find out if the planet is really poisoned. And remaining reclined on her throne, Bo-Katan rings her hand and quietly says, goodbye, Din Djarin. <laughs> like it's the last time she's going to see him? Yeah, as yeah. Mando and Grogu march out. And we cut to black. Oh, what a uh, what a awesome way to, to start the season. That's like a super strong opener. Uh, I'm not even really bothered by the fact that we had to revisit the whole you're apostate, you took your helmet off thing. Okay, yep. that's nice. I mean, I'm glad you did that. I, I have to wonder though, do you think they wrote that in like later on? Like just as a reminder, because maybe they're catching on that not everybody consumes everything. Sure, and there was a lot yeah, of activity. Sure they thought that yeah. too. Plus, I mean, it was wrapped in such a cool cold open that. Yeah, it, it's almost incidental. Like you know, like um, they could have just had a scene, and it would have been dry and boring. But they they had a, a nice alligator turtle attack first. <laughs> I, I like that. I don't know what about. I don't know what there was about that. I I liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. I did see online some people are saying that uh, him going to her the armorer is retconning what she told him in the book of Boba Fett, but I don't see how. 
that's what I said. Like it's a he gets a pass. That's why I said like it's it's almost redundant that that they did that. You know, in story, what was the reason for him to show up there for something that she already told him? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he does have the artifact, and he just wants confirmation from somebody else who would know. So the artifact thing—that's the only thing that makes me go okay. That that's why, like I said earlier, he's not asking her; he's telling her. Yeah, I have this, and that's that is like proof him. that there's something going on there, and I'm going to go and find out more. And when I do, this is what's going to happen because. This is the way. Yeah. And she it's, it's a way to get a lot of the story done. Like to if two years have passed or four years have passed, then yeah, you get to see that she's been rebuilding her cult. Yep. And we get to see that he's still apostate. We get to see, you know, we so there's a lot of information in that uh, that scene that, that comes across there. And then some of it is redundant, but that's because we watch this like with macro <laughs> macro binoculars. Yeah, I do wonder though with the two year thing, are we going to get some more insight as to what's been going on for two years? I think so. Probably get a flashback here or there because we know we're going to get Grogu flashbacks at some point. More Jedi, well, I think. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I well, and that, and that that's flashback of many many years ago. But I think that we're covering what's been happening. Like this is why we're we're doing these little uh, return calls here we went to navarro we've seen navarro develop that that informs us there we we now we've caught up with bo katan really early yeah. we see what she's been doing for two years and she's floundering so apparently I she's been sitting on that chair putting a yeah. Button. yeah yeah my leg would go to sleep up like putting that a butt print in that thing yeah. <laughs> but so <laughs> it's, it's, i really think that we're revisiting in the first maybe two or three episodes might be revisiting all these str- threads oh maybe and and informing us where we are in the story so that we don't sure, need sure. to you know, we have an organic recap, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I sp- speak of recaps. I, I quite like this. They're teasing a quest for repentance, find the MacGuffin, and getting the band back together. And I'll get you, Gadget. And you're the leader now. Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how to be a better dad? He's I don't doing know. All right He's there. doing okay. He's got chainmail on the kid. We're good. <laughs> well, and I think there's another there's another sub, uh, you know, plot uh, thickening here, and that's the fact that we. The first Mandalore uh, was also a Jedi, and oh, since Tar, we don't Tar have Vizsla. Tar Vizsla, and then yeah. so like bookends, we don't have Mandalorians in the future. When we're you know the the sequel trilogy didn't even have one, and they they've all yeah. had at least one as a point. We didn't have any. I, I you know Unless thematically they, speaking, so I I, I think it's destiny to be the Omega. Of this Mandalorian movie. Jedi yeah, with yeah, yeah. dark saber at the end, like th- that, like mm. makes empirical sense. I always and then felt you... that uh, Gwendolyn Christie's character was the Boba Fett of the sequel trilogy. Certainly, that like a, this character that had so much potential that had few lines of dialogue and then yeah died falling I into a hole. That was literally them trying to Boba Fett someone on purpose rather I, than the, I guess the so. Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Maul wasn't on purpose. True, true. Oh, the fabled Are You the Chosen One? How could I forget? <laughs> but back to in here, uh, like you had pointed out, Hank, on those uh, on those banners, it is different from what appears on the concept art. Oh, because on yeah, the concept yeah. art, it resembles more closely to what was in the Clone Wars. But here, it's almost a brand new symbol, which more it's probably the crease probably the Kree's crest 
Crees, yeah, uh, Clan Crees. Let's see. I'll yeah. see if I can find a, a shot of because I went searching for it. The only ones I could find associated with Prior was the Night Owl one. Yeah, and this but, is her ancestral home, right? Like this is yeah. her birth planet, and that's what she still sports on her uh, shoulder. Powder. She does, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The Night Owl is the that's the the, eye, the helmet thing. Of the Death Watch, right? Yeah, it's the it's the 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 eyeball bits on her helmet yeah. are the 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 night owl symbol. Yeah, right. there really is no uh, there's no cannon entrance uh, entry for, for trees. not for a symbol anyway. Yeah, not that but I can find this the the symbol in blue and yellow there that is on every banner on the hallway right. going down there. Right. Oh yeah, sure, sure. So uh, it seems reasonable to me, uh, Clan Crees. That that yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. this is the ancestral Crees uh, uh, home, uh, their castle, I guess. Yeah. Well, the new one off of uh, Mandalore. Well, so Satine, Satine was literally taken from the planet as a baby and made the yeah. Duchess of, of Mandalore, like like similar to it's the really, uh, yeah 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 uh, Padme's situation there. So we not, we're not are we not saying that this actually is Bo-Katan's home world? This is actually yes. where she's from. Yeah, one hundred percent. This isn't this isn't a place that she's settled. This is where she's actually from. One hundred percent. Yeah, this is her birth planet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so this would be the Mandalorian system, right? uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we we think of Mandalorians as coming from Mandalore, but then remember, Satine, uh, uh, as the Duchess of Mandalore, was responsible for like fifteen hundred worlds or something. Like, right? Yeah, oh, the independent system. One, yeah. So and then even uh, you know uh, the the Wren family, the home world of the Wrens is is Crow's Nest. I will say though it is it is a rarity though in Star Wars where we visit multiple planets within the same system. Like it's always like, oh the the uh, uh, the the Endor system, and we only ever go to the third moon of Endor. We never well, go we anywhere. Never, we still haven't nailed down Raxus and Raxus Prime, and no, <laughs> it's still some vague. Yeah, some you know, are we on the same planet? I don't know what's happening exactly. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> Asgard is a people, not a place. There you go. Fair enough. It's a green. Well, Mandalore is a place, and we're going to see it. Uh, we saw it in the marketing. Yep. We saw there. And I, I have to admit, I, I thought the green dome was uh, was Kalevala, and so maybe we are going to get some uh, Mandalore back in time because it was, uh, you know, like uh, Sabine says, um, grassland. Can you imagine a now this is just wishful thinking, but with the renaissance of Star Wars that we're experiencing right now, can you imagine a throwback to the Duchess being alive with Obi-Wan standing off in the corner? Doesn't even have to have a line. Just stand there. True. Just in the background. Yeah. 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 Well, didn't I see a meme pop up today about uh a Mandalorian going searching for Obi-Wan? And uh he takes his helmet off and he's very Obi-Wan-ish. Yeah, Corky. It's too on the nose to, to write it off. We all laugh about it, but like y- there is that air of like, uh, maybe. You know, and if, if <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, it's just funny that this is her, his auntie, but Obi-Wan doesn't know she has a sister, but, yeah, how old is Bo Katan? Because could Corky be her kid, and you know oh, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, there is that too. There is that. That's a lot of questions. <laughs> We're not a Star Wars show. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and to prove that, let's let's dive in on a couple of our players from this episode. Oh, sure, let's do it. Let's see what else they did. 
Okay. In the role of the copper protocol droid is Parvish Sheena. Uh, he's got 178 previous acting credits, including Barbershop, Centaur World, and Transformer Rescue Bots. Oh, cool. nice. So he's got a lot going on. Are we saying that he was the voice of this droid? Uh, I believe he was the voice. Yeah, yes. okay. The, okay. the yeah. physical actor was a different guy. Yeah, yeah. But in the role of the Nikto Pirate Vane is Marty Matulis. Uh, he's known for previous works in TV series Evil, American Horror Story, and Teen Wolf. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. Teen Wolf the series, yeah. Yes, not, yeah. not the movies. I just watched both of those again recently. <laughs> uh, next up, we have... Uh, Shirley Henderson in the role of the Anzellan crew. Ah, right. And she's right. got 90 previous acting credits, including providing the voice for Babu Frick in the rise of Skywalker. Well, that's oh, what really? I wanted. That's what I wanted to, to dig on. Yes. What you dug up today. Yeah. So, uh, she was a, a pup. She was the puppeteer for Babu Frick. And when they were, when they were developing the character as she was puppeting the character, she just started speaking in that, Hey, hey, hey that voice. And they're like, yep, that's how they speak. And so not only is she the voice and the puppeteer for Babu Frick, but she's all the Anzellans in that scene. Yeah. She's all nice, of them. Nice. Yep. nice. So that's where I'm like, is it, or isn't it Babu Frick? It's possible, <laughs> but yeah, interesting. That remains to be seen unless yeah. they like flat out introduce him. <laughs> Frank <laughs> Oz as the voice of Grogu. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but, and last and certainly oh. not least, uh, Misty Rosas is back again, back again in the role of the pirate Coxswain. And I'm not a hundred percent sure which pirate this was, but I believe it was the Quarren, just because you know the the height. Well, so so coxswain is a is a navy term, right? They're the chief. They are the highest enlisted rank on a ship. Okay. So there's every chance that she was the the warthog dude standing that, beside that's uh, listed as a different guy. Is it? It is a different. Oh, what guy, do you know? Yeah. Somebody who was on the ship though would have been the 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 coxswain. Okay. Could have been one of the pirates that was gunned down, but true probably somebody on the bridge of the ship yeah but you know was there any what? women in that scene uh but she's as a character actor yeah. she's in, in creature uh uh makeup, makeup. you might not tell sure at all, sure but you'll remember from our show and you know yeah noting this before but she was the physical role for quill and frog that's mom. right yeah 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 so mom. shout out to frog mom i hope their eggs are are doing all right <laughs> what's <laughs> left of them rogu's not near him so we're okay <laughs> But yeah, that's our uh, kickoff for The Mandalorian. It was such a good week, um, as stressful as it was to to handle two shows this week and to make sure that we were prepared for them. I think we did great. And I think that they delivered on, on oh, both counts. Yeah. Like, I know you had said, Hank, that uh, last week's Bad Batch had you like wanting more like on the edge, but. Yeah, no, this definitely. Week they delivered with that, and then they just kept hitting with the family. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, yeah. This was this was stellar. Man, we got uh, a few more weeks where we're. Uh, it's th that's this is what Sundays are going to look like for us for the next uh, couple of weeks as we do uh, mm -hmm. two Double episodes drops. a week until we hit the uh, finale of triple, of, triple yeah, episode Bad Batch, where it's a triple drop, which means uh, we'll be we'll be hot footing it then. Mm. <laughs> but that's a problem for another day. <laughs> that's tomorrow's problem right right listen guys uh for those of you who tuned in live thank you so much for joining us as always i would ask for your support if you haven't already uh subscribed to the channel please do go on go over and subscribe to the channel uh like the live stream uh as if it were just a regular old youtube video tell the algorithm that you like this stuff so that we can get 
suggested into other people's uh, feeds as well. Uh, do check out our social media and uh, give us a like over there as well. Don't forget uh, Tuesday night, random fandom uh, happens at 6 PM live. It is a call-in show. Uh, we do have an embedded WhatsApp uh, link, both on the YouTube channel and in our Facebook. So you guys can uh, call us up and have your say about the entertainment news. That's important to you. Cause some days we're struggling for things to talk about. So love to hear from you as always hit us up in the comments and guys, Come and see us next week when we do this all over again. Mm. Anything else you guys want to uh, chew on before we wrap it up? Join the conversation. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait. I'm Wednesday I'm can't get here the, soon enough. Yeah. I'm mental over the pergles. Yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. So close to this. <laughs> I just, this is all I'm waiting for. Yeah. That's what I'm waiting for. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's it for us here at Fandom Power. Until next week, uh, my name is Wes. My name's Andy. I'm Hank. And we will see you on the next one. Bye for now, guys. This is the way. This is the way. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.